0: It seems that it's more of an an oligopoly for that resource. What does that mean exactly?
1: Well, it means that, and again, every energy metal is a little bit different. Uh, You know, you can look at lithium with three or four primary producers globally Mm -hmm. and with a sort of a well-supplied market right now for as far as the eye can see. And that to me says that it's very difficult for a junior mining company to break into that oligopoly. You know, by definition, an oligopoly uh, is just a, a a small number of players, if you will, and they control the most important thing, which is price. And so, you know, if they feel threatened, um, they can manipulate markets and manipulate price and snuff people out, for lack of a better phrase. And so you're seeing it in rare earths, you see it in lithium, uranium to a lesser extent. I mean, I think there are seven or eight companies that control about 85% of global production. Mm -hmm. So it just means it's very challenging for um, juniors to break into these markets that have, you know, a very, very number of players that want to protect their own interests in their profit margins
0: so with it being more difficult does that mean we're going to see a lot more consolidation in these markets or is that just
1: again i think it depends on um on the energy metal you're you know you're looking at i mean i have a, a view on lithium and so on and so forth but i have a view on uranium and i think that uranium over the next say i don't know three to five years you're going to see quite a bit of consolidation and. You're going to see that because it's a real contrarian play right now. You have the major producers, for example, like Cameco and Arriva and BHP, and you know they need a much higher spot price uh, than currently exists to justify expansion plans. And so they're going to continue on with their mining process, but they're going to have to replace those mined pounds eventually. And so that's why we think that near-term production stories in uranium are, are a very interesting place to be right now.
0: How about for juniors in uranium? Is that also something the, the prospecting aspect of it? Is there is there something there that can potentially hold a lot more weight in the uranium space?
1: Potentially, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously there are certain parts of the world where I would argue uh, you would want to be with respect to uh, uranium exploration and development, and certain places that you might want to avoid. And right now, obviously, you know what's going on in the Athabasca Basin in Saskatchewan is is fantastic. There are a number of you know people call them company maker type discoveries Mm -hmm. and so you know it's those types of companies that can make discoveries and push a project to a production decision that are going to be you know I think on the on the radar if you will of of the producers the majors
0: and as far as prices go for uranium right now we're having a very low spot price Mm -hmm. it's not very encouraging as you mentioned what about the long-term spot price what's that look like and how can investors looking to get into this use that as a guide
1: sure Well, most of the contracts that are signed in uranium are signed on the long-term prices as opposed to the spot price. And so right now the spot price is about $40 a pound, down from, you know, $70 uh, when Fukushima uh, happened. You know, the longer-term price is, I don't know, closer to $60, $60 a pound. And So that's really the number that you want to watch and you want to watch for any upward pressure. But again, we think that the fact that uh, a lot of the majors will ultimately have to replace those mine pounds it means that they're going to also be going out and looking for junior mining companies that have low cost of production profiles, that lower the major's overall cost of production. So that's why we think they're appetizing. So, you know, everyone looks at, say, 40 to $60 a pound. I mean, if you can, you're all in costs are below 40 then, you know what, you're in business.
0: So I was talking recently with somebody here at the show, and they were talking about the ideal prices to be working at. What is an ideal price to be able to make money in uranium for a good...
1: Well, again I, you know that it depends on the deposit it depends on the type of mining I mean a lot of uh, companies out there for example in Wyoming are doing what's called in-situ recovery so you know you're not building a mine you're not building an open pit or an underground mine so the capex for those types of projects is obviously much much lower um, there are obviously trade-offs with grade and so on and so forth but Again, right now I, I look at the spot price when I try and figure out, gee, what is what is ultimately kind of the bare minimum in terms of economics. Um, you also have to be careful when you talk to various companies, they'll tell you what their cash cost per pound is. You wanna know what the all in cost is as well. And so right now anything below forty, uh, forty dollars a pound all in is something that's very interesting to me, regardless of, you know, the type of, of mining.
0: All right. well that sounds quite quite good, especially if right now we're facing $40 spot prices. If you can be below that then you're definitely laughing a little bit at the market. <laughs> I,
1: I hope so. I, you know you're in a good spot but obviously it takes a lot more than that. It takes cash on the balance sheet and, and uh, I think some savvy expertise in the space and also the right part of the world. I mean there's a there's a big difference you know in being in the Athabasca Basin from a permitting perspective uh, than again some of the other maybe less certain parts of the world.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Well that's all I had for today. Thank you very much for enlightening me sure. on the energy markets. That was Chris Berry from House Mountain Partners. I'm Vivian Dennis with the Investing News Network. Thank you for joining.